Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 46th episode of the Always Drive podcast, your weekly look at the latest news from the car, truck, and motorcycle industries where we take everything but ourselves seriously. I'm your host, Devlin Riggs, and I have some sad but not unexpected news this week. Uh, My poor Mazda 3 hatchback has officially been totaled by my insurance company. Uh, I plan on giving it a proper send-off maybe next week, um, but I'm I'm actually I'm I'm pretty bummed about it. Um, sure, there were many things I I would have changed about it if I could, uh, but it, it was a perfectly serviceable, a perfectly good car that had basically nothing go wrong with it. That wasn't the result of someone or something hitting it. Uh, which it sort of seemed to attract. Uh, I mean, whether coyotes or other cars or me and my own motorcycle, it just sort of seemed to like things were drawn to it and not in a good way. Um, and that ultimately led to its end. Um, but in much better news, uh, I have just this morning put a deposit on a new car, which I am very excited about. And if you're expecting something revolutionary, maybe temper your excitement a little bit with the fact that I got less than 10 grand from my insurance company and was not planning to buy a car, so I had no savings for one, therefore severely limiting the pool of potential cars that I could buy. That said, I did find a vehicle that I think is very me, if that makes any sense, and uh, after I'm... Uh, hopefully able to pick it up this weekend, I'll share the good news with everyone next week. But the North American International Auto Show, also known as the Detroit Auto Show, was this week, so we have a huge show. Buckle in and get ready for your top story. Mid-sized sedans, Uh, we've talked about them before in this show many times, and the news is rarely good, but recently it's just been one hit after the other for the segment, and according to a Bloomberg article this week, there's a very real possibility that the mid-sized sedan segment ceases to exist in as few as eight years. So... Could 2018, a year heralded as the year of the truck by three very high-profile unveilings in Detroit, also be the year the sedan died? Truthfully, this movement started years ago. After the days of $4 per gallon gasoline subsided, American buyers resumed that 1990s great trend of buying gas-guzzling SUVs and driving vehicles vastly larger than they needed or could justify simply, simply because they could. The family car became the family SUV, and the primary victims of this trend were the cars that performed most poorly in a shrinking segment. These were, of course, Fiat Chrysler products. Um, But to his credit, Fiat Chrysler CEO Sergio Marchionne did the unthinkable. He killed off the Chrysler 200 and the Dodge Dart, the traditional bread-and-butter mid-sized sedan and compact sedans that kept the big three American automakers alive during the oil crisis of the 1970s. And the outcome for Chrysler has been incredible. They've refocused their efforts on selling Jeeps, SUVs, big powerful Dodges, and Ram pickups, all of which are much higher margin cars than the 200 of the Dart ever were, and the company is finally looking to turn a profit in 2018, which it hasn't done for the past six years. 
Other companies are taking a different path, though, moving production from the U.S., Canada, and Mexico uh, to China, where it's pretty much the, uh, the future of where all Buicks will be built, and Ford has alerted fusion suppliers that they will cease production in Mexico, with the alternatives being either China or not producing the car at all. So with such a declining pie, the pieces are getting smaller for each manufacturer, and to justify their existence, mid-sized sedans need to either achieve greater profit margin, which means cutting production costs, or raising price. And in a declining automotive market where SUVs and crossovers frequently cost around the same price as sedans, the, the latter just simply isn't an option. So will 2018 be the year the sedan died? I think not. Or I should say not yet. Toyota has just unveiled a brand new Camry and the new Avalon. And the Honda Accord just won car of the year again. And we're expecting a new Nissan Altima to come out soon too. But there's this unshakable feeling that even though these sedans will be the best they've ever been in this generation, that this could sort of be the last hurrah for them as crossovers continue to come in and eat their lunches. But it's not all sunshine and rainbows for crossovers either. A study released today showed that compact crossovers, some of the most popular vehicles, especially among young buyers, are among the fastest depreciating cars on the market, losing up to 1.18% of their value every week. And it's terrifying to think that you could go in and buy a Honda HRV or Toyota CHR or Mazda CX-3 or any number of other alphanumeric named useless hatchbacks on stilts and find yourself a year later with a car worth just 39% of what you paid for it 52 weeks ago. And the truth is there's no great advantage to these compact crossovers. They have less storage than the cavernous trunks you typically find in mid-sized sedans. They handle worse, they usually have less powerful engines, and they generally have obnoxious styling. But they're hip and offer a slightly higher ride height, which allows you to see more of the road beyond the screen of your iPhone X. Plus, they're easier to park and in these urban communities where I'm told all the youth live, you know, parking's tight. So, sure, things could turn around for the sedan once people come to their senses and realize how poor these compact crossovers are, both in terms of value and practicality. But at the rate sales are declining for sedans, and the rate they're being put out to pasture, by the time common sense catches up with buyers, by the time they realize that sedans really are enough car for virtually everyone, it could already be too late. That's it for your top stories. Let's take a look at some headlines. In case you thought the U.S. was the only country with labor relations issues, uh, here comes Germany to reassure us that we're not so different, you and I. In fact, factory workers at Audi and Porsche plants have gone on strike to support demands of a 6% raise and the right to ask for a reduction in hours from 35 to just 28 so they can do things like care for children or the elderly for a couple of years then return to work full time. In response to the union's demands, employers have apparently offered a 2% raise, a one-time only bonus of 200 whole euro, 
and uh, flat out refused to consider the reduction in hours. Um, as they say, misery loves company, so I'm happy to see that the rich American tradition of overwork and underpay is starting to catch on across the world. It uh, makes me feel slightly less guilty for not working in France or Norway. Uh, last year, we covered the launch of the Porsche Passport Pilot Program, or as nobody calls it, Quadruple P. Uh, while they have some early numbers to report based on the program in Atlanta, and signs are good for the brand, uh, with 78% of participants having never owned a Porsche before, uh, the company envisions uh, this is just one way buyers can experience Porsche ownership, and they anticipate about 30% of buyers will purchase vehicles online in the next couple of years. Mercedes-Benz is thinking similarly, estimating that about 25% of their new and used sales will come from the internet by 2025. But back to the Porsche Passport. They also say it's reaching a younger demographic, though they don't specify how young, given the fact that most of the participants are opting for, opting for the higher cost $3,000 per month service. I can't believe these people are that young to be able to basically have $36,000 to spend on a car every single year in addition to housing costs, food costs, and other things. It seems like you'd have to be doing pretty damn well for yourself, which generally takes a few years, or, in some of our cases, never at all. Um, after a disastrous 2015 and 16, where they were found to be using defeat devices to circumvent global emissions laws in their diesel cars, Volkswagen spent most of 2017 trying their absolute hardest to help buyers forget about Dieselgate. A lot of this included generous discounts, goodwill campaigns, and reinvestments in popular vehicles, not to mention the rebirth of the microbus as the ID Buzz. Uh, turns out, all that work paid off, and buyers around the world pretty much did forget and stepped right back in line to snap up new Volkswagens. Uh, what makes it more incredible is that while the industry as a whole was down last year from 2016, Volkswagen recorded record sales, increasing 4.2% versus the prior year. And while the rest of the industry braces for more stagnating sales this year, VW sales chief Jürgen Stackmann is optimistic, expecting sales to continue to rise in 2018. Based on the popularity of the gigantic Atlas and the compact Tiguan twins and the attractive Arteon, as well as the deal I was able to strike on a leftover 2017, uh, it looks like their aggressive measures may be pretty effective. Uh, meanwhile, in Japan, Infinity also had a great year, increasing sales 11% over 2016, but they're still very much playing catch-up to the German, English, and Swedish luxury brands. Their plans to overtake their competition hinges on uh, primarily on electrification, as Nissan CEO Hiroto Saikawa explained this week. All new Infinities launched after 2021 will be all-electric or will be range-extended hybrids but not in the conventional sense. Uh, the company's technology called ePower uses a gasoline motor to recharge the battery in its range-extended hybrid, but that gas motor doesn't drive the wheels at all, and there's no plug-in feature, so the propulsion is entirely electric, and the power generation is entirely gas. It's a weird setup, and especially considering Infinity's recently announced variable compression engines, it's this really strange change of approach to help lure in buyers. Then again, it could be a great solution for buyers without a garage or access to plug-in locations. In addition to announcing the new 2019 RDX, Acura dropped a bombshell on the T Detroit Auto Show, 
announcing the return of the Type S and A-Spec brands. Uh, for the uninitiated, Type S is a high trim level applied to Acura models that are especially fast and good handling and was last used 10 years ago on the TL sedan, but was famously applied to the RSX and Integra coupes, which were just absolutely a ton of fun to drive. A-Spec is another trim level more focused on comfort, style, and refinement than outright speed, um, so it's somewhat less exciting, but no less important to certain buyers. Uh, the bombshell, however, was kind of a dud because they didn't announce which models uh, would get the trim levels or if they'd be bringing back an actually affordable, fun car um, since the NSX is out of pretty much everyone's price range. Um, it's, also, it's like Honda has this caged lunatic who wants fun cars and they, they let it out just a little bit at a time because if they let it off the leash entirely, uh, we'd end up with cars enthusiasts actually like and that is just way too out of the realm of possibility. Um, people keep dying on French roads um, with increases over the past three years after steady decreases going back as far as 1972. In response, France is lowering the speed limit on most of their highways by 10 kilometers per hour, so the fastest you will legally be able to drive in France is just 56 miles per hour, rendering the fairly standard 0 to 60 calculations pretty useless. Um, to their credit, the French don't attribute all the deaths just to speed alone and have tightened regulations on cell phone use and drunk driving. Uh, this comes as road deaths are also up in Britain and the United States, illustrating a really disturbing trend uh, I think must be attributed to cell phone usage. Uh, when I was hit a couple weeks ago, I was lucky to come away uninjured, and the other driver offered no excuses for why he ran a red light that had been red for at least seven seconds. Based on the Uber and Lyft stickers in his window, though, I guessed he was probably trying to find a fare. Um, I wouldn't go so far as to say those ride-sharing companies are complicit in the wreck that cost me days' worth of time fighting with insurance companies and trying to find a new car, but the sooner we can integrate smart features into cars so drivers need to look at their phones less, the better. BMW, though, have had a different idea on how to integrate phones into cars, and that involves squeezing its drivers for every penny they can get, like little Bavarian weasels, hiding away their nuts, but the truth is the nuts aren't even theirs, or, or maybe the tree isn't... This is a, this is a bad metaphor. Uh, BMW wants to charge a subscription fee for Apple's CarPlay software, which they currently have as a $300 option when you buy a new car. Um, by changing this to charging $80 per year after the first year, which is free, uh, they argue that you will pay less if you only keep your car for a few years, which I guess most BMW owners do because they want to be seen driving a new BMW. Uh, the issue here is that like 400 models of car come with Android Auto and almost as many come with Apple's CarPlay, but it's included in the price and not an option that you have to add in later. Hell, you can buy a new Toyota Corolla or VW Jetta and get these features for free, but you don't get it with a BMW. It's it's like it's like how fancy hotels make you pay for Wi-Fi when you get it for free at Best Western. Why? Because the fancy hotels know you have the money to pay for it. Okay, that was a better metaphor. Um, in Santa Ana, California this week, a driver managed to launch their Nissan Altima into the second story of a dental office using a raised center median as a sweet ramp for their epic Dukes of Hazard style flying act.
a driver who's apparently high as a kite um, was able to exit the car and hang by the door until police came and literally caught him. Um, he and his two passengers were injured and were taken to the hospital where they had some both literal and figurative coming down to do. Um, from bad drivers to bad truckers, we're headed back to England, where the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency, or DVSA, announced the findings of a 4,000-vehicle roadside test. They found that 1 in 13 trucks on British roads were fitted with an emissions cheat device that uh, give false emissions readings, allowing the truck better performance while drastically increasing pollution. Uh, if this found, sounds familiar, it should, because it seems like there's just this type of story every week or so. Um, it just usually involves auto manufacturers getting caught doing it, not truck drivers who are looking to skirt the law. Uh, a representative of DVSA, Gareth Llewellyn, said, We're committed to taking dangerous lorries off Britain's roads. We won't hesitate to take action against these drivers, operators, and vehicles. Um, unfortunately for Gareth, when trucks were found with defeat de devices, drivers were given 10 days to fix the problem or pay a measly 300-pound fine, which sounds an awful like they are hesitating to take action to me. Back here in America, though, our love for three-row SUVs has apparently created quite a criminal enterprise because there have been a rash of robberies of just third-row seats from SUVs. Um, apparently, on most General Motors SUVs, like the Chevy Suburban, Tahoe, and GMC and Cadillac siblings, if you're able to pop open the rear glass on the liftgate, the alarm on the car doesn't go off. Once inside, the third row can simply be unhooked and then passed out the open hatch. And who, you might ask, are buying all these third rows to make stealing them such a popular endeavor? If you guessed people who have had their third rows stolen, you'd be right. Uh, it's tempting to victim blame here and say just park in a garage or back in so the back glass isn't accessible, but what's the point in a car alarm if it's not going to alarm when someone is stealing something from it? Come on, GM, this is entirely on you guys. Um, while Google and Amazon work to integrate their digital assistance into more and more new cars, Nissan is uh, they're going in sort of a different direction with their own artificial intelligence. Instead of a female voice, uh, Nissan's X motion, or excuse me, cross motion concept, it's spelled X motion, but screw you, Nissan, uh, features a koi fish as a virtual assistant that swims across the myriad interior screens to provide drivers assistance with well, driving, uh, as well as entertainment and navigation. It'll also connect with the driver's smartphone to share information between it and the car. And in case you're thinking this is some sort of weird anthropomorphized Admiral Akbar looking fish, no, it's, it's just a normal koi fish. And I think it's neat. And I think more companies should think outside the pond when uh, coming up with virtual assistants. While Ferrari and Lamborghini rush to catch up with Bentley and Porsche on the super expensive SUV craze, McLaren is pretty content where they are. Thank you very much. Um, the company's chief designer, Dan Perry Williams, told Top Gear magazine this week that I'm not the first person to point out that an SUV is neither particularly sporty nor utilitarian. It's not everything for a reason unless the reason is to clutter up the streets. He's referring to McLaren's design motto, Everything for a Reason, and it's refreshing to see a company stick to its credo. Uh, meanwhile, at fellow British sports car company Lotus, 
whose mantra handed down from founder Colin Chapman was simplify and add lightness, they'll soon be launching their own SUV, which will be neither simple nor light, though that could be said of their buyers. Um, In Montreal this week, someone had a good time at the expense of some local police who attempted to ticket a snow-covered vintage Toyota Celica Supra that was parked in a snow removal lane, um, blocking other parked cars in. Uh, Upon lifting the very real windshield wiper to place the ticket, the police officer discovered that the wiper arm wasn't attached to anything because the entire car was simply a pile of snow molded into the shape of a Supra. Uh, The whole thing was the brainchild of a French-Canadian artiste named Simone Laprise, who uh, found the windshield wiper on the street and just placed it on the car for maximum confusion. Uh, As for the ticket issued, the citation read... You made our night, ha 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 ha, or whatever the French word for laughter is. Now let's take a look at some new cars. Brand new, brand new, brand new. I don't like it unless brand new. you might see me in my head. Detroit might make a great place to launch a new Jeep, but uh, that's exactly what Jeep hasn't done this week. Uh, when images of a new three-row SUV leaked to the media... Uh, It seemed every company is scrambling to get an SUV with three rows out there for all the families who insist that contorting yourself to wedge in between a door sill and the second row of seats only to sit cross-legged on a tiny, barely padded, foldable bench seat is more dignified than just swallowing your pride and buying the goddamn minivan you should be getting. Uh, And with regards to Jeep, they don't currently have a third-row SUV in their stable in the United States and haven't since the mercy killing of the Commander in 2010. And if you forgot the Jeep Commander existed, you're not alone, and you're totally forgiven because it was horrible and ugly. Uh, But now we have had a look at the new Grand Commander, a seven-seat SUV that is apparently a China-only vehicle, at least uh, according to what we know about it right now. Uh, the model borrows heavily from Jeep's other products for styling, which which now is a good thing, and it looks pretty decent, so it'd be hard to believe that Fiat Chrysler wouldn't wise up and bring it over stateside at some point. Plus, uh, starting at around 38000 it'd fit right in with most of its contemporary competitors. Uh, until we know if it's coming here or not, I guess you'll just have to buy the Honda Odyssey you should be getting anyway. Uh, One of the biggest stories to come out of Detroit this week was General Motors' launch of the all-autonomous Chevy Bolt. Um, This is a big deal because GM is calling it the first pre-production car to be shown without a steering wheel or pedals, which I I guess is accurate because we've definitely seen concepts without them before. Um, While it's ostensibly a major step forward in terms of the future of autonomous vehicles, um, indicating GM's confidence that they, they have a, a car ready to go completely without human controls. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel all that special. Um, just looking at the photos of the interior, um, which, which doesn't have to cater to a driver anymore, it just looks like they took the passenger side, went into Photoshop, copied, pasted, and flipped it so that the driver's or, or former driver's side looks the same. I mean, that's it. In a fully driverless car, you don't you don't even need a dashboard. Your displays can be anywhere, or they can be everywhere. The seats can swivel and not even face forward, and yet here we are in a Chevy Bolt where they just, like, control x to the steering wheel, column, and pedals. 
Congrats, GM, on making the future of motoring so incredibly unappealing. But, thank God, uh, Chevy wasn't the only company exhibiting at this year's North American International Auto Show. In fact, there were a ton of new vehicles. And if you're a long-time listener, you know how this next bit goes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome to the Detroit Auto Show Wrap-Up. I'm back with the wrap-up and I ask you please Entertain me once again as you're Cause there's something about hip-hop's got me weak in the knees And I can't stop myself when I'm The beat and the rhythm's like brain antifreeze So I hope I don't have you all fearing Coming at you this week with the latest car trends From the Detroit Auto Show So go tell your friends to download this podcast and listen in And if they don't like hip-hop, well the song eventually ends not there, not yet, we're getting started. So get enthusiastic, don't be so half-hearted. We got one for the treble, two for the bass, and new cars popping all over the place. This track is called Flowers, and you can put on the grave of all the mid-sized sedans that we just couldn't save. You think you need height? Well, I think you're a schmuck. Yet, nevertheless, we're in the year of the truck. Sure, we got a new Passat, and also a Jetta, but Toyota's like, Anything you can do, I can do better. Up in the game with the Avalon and Camry Strutting how sexy big sedans can be Infinity says, yeah, I'll raise you a hand Cause this Q inspiration is the ultimate sedan Looking like it's carved from a smooth piece of granite All other companies better just can it Before it's like sexy, oh that's cute little sedan But here's a bullet Mustang for the old nostalgic man If deep green and 500 ponies won't cut it The Shelby GT500's coming soon, but it won't be out for another couple months so cool it and just be happy for once and if german luxury is more of your thing you might look at what mercedes had to bring they dropped three new models with the straight six turbo and they're hybrids since the germans are so thorough impressive speed and decent economy remember the name it's amg 53 from germany we head on over to korea where we got the new Forte sedan from Kia. But as you imagine, this won't compete with Benz. It's a cheap way to get around with four friends for something a little nicer and higher off the ground. Well, Acura brought their new RDX to town, a new Turbo 4 and a touchscreen nav that every new car out there seems to have. And speaking of new, though it's hard to see, there's a Mercedes brand new G550. If it looks like the old one, well, you're not mistaken. They want their past buyers not to feel forsaken. But Nissan flipped the old buyers the bird by showing off a genuine first-class turd. The cross motion's no new Butch Xterra. Try finding something cool in this thing, I dare ya. When Nissan went weird, Jeep went and got boring. The new Cherokee, bitch, please stop me from snoring. Even the Chinese came out better looking. GAC Motors has a slick crossover cooking. Called the Enverge, it's an electric ride. And though it looks good, we can't see the inside. But at car shows, that's not too strange. Cause when a car gets produced, that shit's gonna change. Then up step Lexus for their shot at the title. The LF1 Limitless is hard to rival. It's a fancy crossover, and it looks real fine. Sharp curves, big screens, it's a hell of a design. But remember what I said at the top of the song. Cause so far we've been missing the story all along Cars and crossovers, yeah that's fun little kid stuff Now let's put on our boots and look at some pickups Starting small, the Ford Ranger is back Filling the only segment hole that Ford has lacked 
Echo Boost motor, and a moderate size. When it comes to pickup choices, well, this one would be wise. Think you need bigger? Well, not to worry, cause Chevy stepped up in a kind of a hurry. The Silverado's chasing Ford out of the gate with more power, better looks, and a lot less weight. But they're not alone, cause Ram's in on the game. With the hybrid powered train, they wanna make a name for themselves as the fuel efficient pickup truck. But how many pickup owners are give a flying? So there it's over, you made it again to the end of a rap song by a comedian. Or at least I think so, you can decide. This shit ain't easy, but at least I tried. I'm calling an end to this lyrical disease, though I hope that you enjoyed. Time to get a new car, tonight I get the keys, probably about the same time that you're So that's it. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Nicholas Falcon for our intro song and outro song. Uh, thanks also to Jay Dilla, a Motor City native, for the backing track to the Detroit Auto Show wrap-up. May he rest in peace. Thanks to all of you for listening, and we'll be back again next week with my new car. Have a great week, everyone. 